0: This is a continuation of the last podcast. I was trying to answer the question, and I'm still trying to answer the questions, about how could the Supreme Court of the United States make decisions that are exactly the opposite of what the mass of American people have expressed their desire for? How could they do that? What are they doing? Why deny Americans abortion rights? Why allow so many guns when 80% of Americans want more gun control rather than less? Why push prayer when the mass of Americans want a separation of church and state as is stated in the Constitution? Why are we allowing this? What's going on here? And of course, Roe versus Wade is the biggest wake-up call of all the recent decisions that I mentioned in the last podcast. But in trying to understand why, I was looking at what's happening to the United States as the hegemonic major empire it has been the American century, the past century. Why is it not the American century now? What's going on? And how are Americans reacting? And how is the Supreme Court reacting to the erosion of capital, of confidence that the Amer- American capitalism can protect its people as it hasn't protected us? We have the worst record, as I said, in COVID. We have more people in poverty. We've lost four wars. This isn't looking good. The middle class has been eliminated, as it was in Nazi Germany, before Hitler took over. And American capitalists are uneasy, at least some of them are very uneasy, because there's a level of social criticism that wasn't present before. In Germany, before fascism took over, George Gross is the most famous of the very, very famous caricaturists of pre-World War II Germany. He presented rich people as fat pigs with their genitals exposed rather unflattering presentation. And the United States doesn't do that, but there are constant exposures of the sexual predations of wealthy people. Jeffrey Epstein's case certainly blew it open even though they did silence it. They claimed he committed suicide and the tapes of all these people raping children somehow just disappeared as well as the flight logs of who flew on the Lolita Express run by Epstein, landing in Slave Island, where you got to rape girls. A few people were exposed, like Prince Andrew, but the big, wealthy men were protected, and their records have somehow disappeared right after the police blew up the safe where those tapes were collected. And wealthy people might be getting nervous. One of the things that's happened in the United States, which is very recent, is that unionism is going wild. 250,000 people joined unions in the last few months, and there are more joining every day. Starbucks now has a 100 unionized Starbucks, when two months ago it had one the Amazon warehouse in Staten Island was unionized by an independent union. And it was the very first one to be unionized here in Europe. Amazon is unionized because Europe has very strong left unions and they wouldn't allow it to continue. Unions have become really powerful in the United States. And for the first time since the United States government pressured labor unions in the AFL-CIO to throw out the communists and the socialists, and then the leftists as fellow travelers, and the union movement lost its spark of worker power. So in the 1950s, 35% of Americans who worked were in labor unions. Now it's about 8%. Huge drop, but independent labor unions are emerging all over the place, and the more radical unions like 1199 and SEIU are increasing all the time. And workers are saying, Wow, well, you told us we were essential, and you still treated us like crap. How come we're so essential to you, and you need us so badly? And we're still terribly underpaid and exploited. We're not doing it. So that American workers are no longer the docile workforce that they were before. And some capitalists are threatened and go to the right. In addition, white men have lost their primacy. For a lot of white men, that's a big relief. Men who want to actually befriend women and be in relationships where they are equals and comfortable and do things together and where there are no hierarchies are feeling rather glad about it. But men who want to dominate, want to make themselves great again, are threatened. In addition, the Black Liberation Movement, Black Rights Matter, and many others are strong. They're exposing police, who kill them. They're out in demonstrations against those same police and saying we won't allow a police state to pick us off and not feel the consequences for the murders they commit. And there are a lot of white people that join too that want to live in harmony with the other people in the world. In addition, ever since ACT UP, In the later 70s, gay people are organizing all of the different sexualities that right-wing Americans condemn are saying, no, we have a right to be sexual in the way that we want to. Things are breaking loose here. And the tight hold on churches is loosening. Every year, the majority Not the majority. Every year the number of people who are atheists grows. Now the majority of young people don't believe in any organized religion. They may have spiritual beliefs, but they don't want to ascribe to any traditional religion. So people are losing the controls that happened through church. That you should be upstanding. That you should be obedient. That you should be humble. No more. Life is changing. Relationships are changing. And people are frightened by that, but they're even more frightened by the fact that the middle class is being wiped out, that their salaries can't accommodate to the grotesque inflation we have here at 8.6%, that the old promise that if you work hard and parenthetically, you're white and male, which most Americans used to be white, but that if you are white and male, you can get ahead. The next generation in a white male dominated family can do a little better than the first one. America is transforming rapidly. We are no longer the world power we were. The American century is over and we need to adjust. And as I I said, some wealthy people in big foundations like the Quincy Foundation feel, okay, so let it, this be the Chinese century. We can still have a place, just as other European countries have a place, even when America, it was the American century. But there are others in the right wing who are terribly threatened. They're threatened by the changes in the family They're threatened by employees getting the idea that they can unionize and that they ought to be paid better and they ought to have a voice in what happens in their lives. They're threatened by the, the I guess, dissolution of some of the religious orders and of younger people believing in their own spiritual beliefs but not joining organized religions. The evangelical people are defensive because they are losing their youth. That all sorts of systems of dominance in the family that is authoritarian, and authoritarian religions, and authoritarian education, those are being criticized, as is the domination of white men because they're white and because they're male. Now, many white men don't want to dominate anybody. They want an egalitarian, reasonable world where we all protect each other, where they don't have to be macho and pretend to be in charge, where they can be people among people, men, women, black, white, Asian, together. So they want to reject anything that enforces lines of domination between the rich and the poor, between black and white, et cetera, between the police and others. Also, people have lost trust in the fact that the American government will protect them because it doesn't. We've had the biggest COVID rate, as I've said. People are left high and dry. They lose their jobs, they get little protection, their health care is so expensive that medical debt erodes their futures. College college is so expensive that people spend on average twenty years trying to pay it off and often don't. And so our society is in trouble. And capitalists American capitalists are threatened by the fact that our society, which was the premier capitalist society, is in trouble. What can we do about it? We're not helpless while the Supreme Court, with its right-wing unelected majority, takes away our rights and reinforces big gun corporations, which endanger us and reasserts the right of parochial schools to take our tax money and teach religion. We can fight back against their trying to push women into inferior position and treat us as if we're incubators for male sperm instead of human beings who have a right to our own course. It's, that's as silly as saying that men shouldn't be allowed to masturbate. That's genocide. That's 6,000 sperms being wasted for humanity. It's silly. And we can fight it. We can fight all of these things. But how? Well, we can look to other countries to teach us because this is an amazing time of change. Within the last 15 years, the Portuguese people unified. In unity, we have strength because we are the mass of people. The employee class is the mass of people. The employer class is only about 1%. And we can't let ourselves be divided by race or nationality or religion or sex. We have to unite in order to win. What they did in Portugal was that they united the Green Party and the Socialist Party and the Communist Party. And they ruled together and Portugal has made enormous gains. It's a comfortable place to live with very little crime. They have managed to reduce addiction by 75%. Before that group took over, one in 10 people in Portugal was addicted. And they've done that through public services of helping people and making public and making available to everyone Drugs for which they charge and they use all that money for drug rehabs, which they offer to everyone without pressure. And so people no longer are injecting cement into their veins and destroying themselves and being unable to work. If they need to be addicted, they can be addicted and be productive and have decent lives at the same time. However, addiction has been reduced by 75% but we don't have to look 15 years ago. We can look in the past two months. Amazing things have happened. In Chile, in Colombia, in South America, two amazing things happened. All the people who were being denied united and won. And those were the indigenous people Black people, unions, ecologists, Green Party people, all united to create a government for all. They united with socialists. That happened in Chile and Colombia. In Chile and in Colombia, the presidents are now people who fought, in guerrilla wars against the previous fascistic rulers. In Colombia, the most recent victory went to a former guerrilla fighter and the vice president was a militant houseworker, a black woman who was a house cleaner because they are committed to empowering ordinary people to have power. As fascists' first step, In Nazi Germany was to cancel unions. They have welcomed and empowered unions. As fascists have tried dividing men from women, they have empowered abortion rights and equality for women. And this is both in Chile and also in Colombia. This is the first progressive government they've ever had in Colombia. And this is a progressive government that fought against somebody who was active for Pinochet, a fascist that the Americans supported putting in in Chile against Allende, the socialist who was popularly elected. These people show us what we can do. In the United States, we have to stop our constant policing of each other for subtle insults, except that people can be certainly corrected if they use incorrect terms, but that we need to keep our eyes on the prize here. The prize is winning a just, equitable society for all of us. We have to erect something that looks like an umbrella with the central pole being socialism, economic possibility, co-ops, which should be legalized as they are in Emilia Romana in Italy, where if any factory closes, its workers can be given, well, that's a law throughout um, Italy, but it's particularly practiced in Emilia Romana, where if every any factory that closes, its employees can be given three years of their unemployment benefits if they pool them to become a cooperative. an economic co-ops, It's the people who work there who elect people to make the decisions in the biggest co-op center in the world, in Mondragon, Spain, which is the seventh, that co-op central corporation, the cooperative corporation of Mondragon, is the seventh biggest, largest corporation and the most prosperous, seventh most prosperous in Spain. And there, no... Person elected to be a ruler or a leader in the cooperative can be paid more than 8%, more than an average worker, and anyone can be repealed. Decision meetings are required to every member of the co-op, and it's a unity of co-ops from the smallest co-op that grows rabbits, to a huge one that makes refrigerators and dishwashers and other appliances. Everyone has a voice and everyone has to participate in deciding what to produce, how to produce it, how to divide the money, how to change with different economic circumstances. And so people have a chance for a liberated economy. And they also have a chance for other economic requirements, but workers, are empowered because you have union movements that are dominant in these coalitions. So it's no longer that rich people have places at the top because, after all, you're considered competent to run a country if you're a billionaire or a millionaire. Look at us now. Trump is a millionaire thanks to his father, who left him $214 million dollars. Biden comes from a state which biggest industry is creating a haven for corporations to escape taxes. These are not exactly men of the people. And people are considered competent and qualified if they come from corporate life. Why should they be qualified to rule just because they were trying to make money for a big corporation? I don't believe that, and I bet you don't either. And so these unity governments have won. Another enormous victory that has happened in the past couple of months happened in Argentina, where the Argentinian women joined the women of Nicaragua, of Colombia. when well, I'm not sure about Nicaragua, of Colombia, of Chile, and of Mexico, which has a progressive leader, to have abortion rights. And Argentina is one of the biggest countries In South America, the Pope himself, which comes from there, who comes from there, came down to speak against abortion rights. But they won. Abortion rights won as a coalition of the feminist movement, with the labor movement, with the indigenous movement, with the sexual rights movement, with the black liberation movements, with all, with the climate movements, all together. In the United States, We have all those movements, but they're separate. And so our clout is diminished. We need to unify. We need to trust our own power within that coalition to know that we will be fairly treated and we will insist on it. And that most of all, we need to know we can't win if we don't unify. The mass of people in America do the essential labor that keep this place running. We learned that during the pandemic, as a John Deere striking worker said, we were essential, now you say we're expendable. We know we're essential, we'll win. And they did, they won their strike against John Deere, even though John Deere corporate executives told them they were replaceable, that their labor, their skill was nil, No, when they hired scabs and used managers to do the jobs, they were wrecking the machines and not on purpose. Those are skilled workers and workers deserve recognition because they're the ones keeping America going. You don't need a corporate board of directors to keep this place going. You need people who do the work and who can elect representatives that have an overview and can be dismissed when they don't function. We need unity. The left now is in a very difficult situation. We have two capitalist parties, none of which really represent us. We have examples in the Amazon labor union, the Starbucks union and others that people can take power if they organize and they organize together. And if we all organize together, If our movements create coalitions, we can win. A last example that happened just within the last few days in France, the disparate movements couldn't really win. Macron was elected and he brought out the same neoliberal stuff that everybody suffers from, really exemplified by the fact that he talked about scarcity and cutting back and the necessity of extra taxes on truck drivers and rural people who need their cars, while he had a caviar and champagne dinner for his cronies in the French government. Well, Mélenchon, a leader of the left, joined everyone together and they were willing to join or he couldn't have done it. He made a coalition of the climate movement to save the climate. Of the unions, which in France are often communist and socialist unions that cooperate together when there's a strike. Of the indigenous people who are the, you know, the, I guess, native of, of different, different countries. The immigrants. The gay people the feminist people, the rural people represented by the yellow vests who demonstrated intersections because the taxes on fuel that Macron levied made their lives incredible and impossible, incredibly impossible. And they did get him to drop that tax, an extra fuel tax, but they didn't get him to stop all the other taxes that were crippling them. They all joined together, And recently, they won a majority of parliamentary seats. This is amazing. Separately, Mélenchon's party, France, Insoumise, which is France unbowed, couldn't win. With unity, they could win. And we can win. We can win against this proto-fascist agenda of the right-wing Supreme Court, which was not elected and which justifies its terrible decisions for us on the basis of originalism, going back to the original meanings and the original constitution, without mentioning that the original constitution was signed by nine founders who were slave owners and that Clarence Thomas would be enslaved if we returned there, and that Coney Barrett, would not even be allowed to vote, no less be a Supreme Court judge, so that they're just handing us crap. While they give us the kind of decisions that enforce a police state and a police state of inequality between men and women, between poor and wealthy, because, of course, the wealthy can always get an abortion. They go to their private gynecologist who hooks them up. And sometimes they can go to a foreign country because every other developed country allows abortions legalized. And so we need to unite together under a socialist commitment to share the wealth of this wealthy nation, to stop having wars that we lose that spend trillions of dollars of our money, but unite and have possibilities for all of us. So in unity, there is strength. That's why we became the United States. Because in unity, united, we win. Divided, we fall. Thank you very much.